Hi, my, my name is Bill Crockett. Crockett. You're listening to the Biblical Council Series, Let's Talk Marriage. A biblical look at marriage and what it involves before we do it. God bless you as you study this together. Well, it's time for session number three of our Let's Talk Marriage series. And uh, I hope that you have enjoyed these first two sessions and are starting to get a feel for the format. Um, This particular session is probably one of the pivotal uh, studies that we do in the series. This is where we start to get into your compatibility. The title of this session is Where Did You Come From? Opposites really do attract each other, and we've heard that uh, little statement often, uh, but uh, there is a lot of truth to that, and part of the reason for that is that when God created Eve for Adam, he created her to be a help meet, is the terminology used in the King James Version, for Adam. Well, that term, help meet, literally has to do with the idea of being a completer, someone who provides something that's missing. Uh, And Eve did that for Adam, and and vice versa, Adam did for Eve as well. And so when, as husband and wife, when a man and a woman begin to look and consider um, their mate for life, one of the things that they're looking for is someone to complete them, someone to provide for them something they don't currently have. And so that's why a lot of times we say that opposites attract, because those things that I am lacking I look for in my wife. Now, we're going to look at three things today. Number one, how did your relationship develop? And we want to spend a little bit of time on that. And then how do your family backgrounds compare? And then how does your spiritual maturity compare? So, how did your relationship develop? Let's compare your family backgrounds and your spiritual background or your spiritual maturity. So, first of all, let's begin. Um, I'm going to read you. A passage of scripture that in Genesis chapter 24, we're going to begin in verse number 1. And this is actually a passage of scripture where Abraham is sending his servant to find a bride for his son, Isaac. It's interesting, but in the Jewish culture, especially in Bible times, uh, and by the way, this is still practiced in a lot of cultures around the world. Rather than a guy and a girl going out and just kind of researching the world to find the person they're going to marry and just kind of picking whoever they want. Marriages uh, in the Jewish culture and, and in many cultures today are arranged. In other words, the guy and the girl get married really don't have a whole lot of say in who they marry. It's the older, mature parents who pick a mate and, and match them for each other, um, and, and that's who they marry. Now, there, there's a lot of practical wisdom in that and I'm not saying that that's what you ought to do but let me let me just share with you some ideas about why that may happen number one the parents are older they've been through it they understand what it takes to be successful in marriage and they're looking for someone that their their son or their daughter can spend the rest of their life with and make it in a marriage relationship because they know what it takes to get married and stay married Whereas, when we're young and we've never been married before, we, we've never been through it, we don't know what to expect, it's hard for us to make a wise choice sometimes when we don't really know what we're looking for. 
And a lot of times what we look for is good looks. And that's it. And uh, while good looks are important, good looks is uh, not going to help you to make it through a marriage. So that's why we begin the study today talking about how did your relationship develop. While we do not in our culture here in America arrange marriages, there are some practical aspects to developing a relationship with a person that you may possibly spend the rest of your life with that are very important. So I want to share with you five phases to a healthy marital relationship. These are just practical, uh, but, but they come from a concept and a principle that is, I believe, talked about in Genesis 24. So let me read you these verses, and then I'll, I'll just talk briefly about these five stages. Genesis 24, verse 1. Abraham was now old and well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the chief servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living. But you will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. Now it's interesting, but Abraham, first of all, calls his servant in and he says, number one, I don't want you to find. Well, first of all, he says, I want you to go find a woman that my son Isaac can marry. And then he says, I don't want you to go look for her among these Canaanites um, that live around us. Now, the main reason for that was they did not worship Jehovah God. They did not worship the God of heaven. They worshiped false gods. And Abraham, realizing immediately that that was the main concern, said, I, I don't want you to go there. But there were other reasons for that. The Canaanites were a different people. They lived in a different culture. Their style of life was different from the Jewish style of life. And so he says, I want you to go back to my nation, my country, and my relatives, the people who are like us. And that's where I want you to look for my son or bride. Now, there's a lot of practical wisdom here. Um, and so let me, let me show you how you develop this. Instead of going back to another country or, or having to go to extremes to find the right person, there are five steps, I believe, to a successful marital relationship. Let me give them to you. Number one, acquaintance. This is basically where your relationship begins. It is basically just how did you meet? You know, what was the environment? What were the circumstances? Everything that happens in our life, God has a purpose for. And if you met... There was a reason why you met. Now, I'm not saying that you met, that every time a guy and a girl meets, it's because they're supposed to get married. But but how did you meet? How did you first get to know each other? Second of all, friendship. Once you meet and you become acquainted, then a friendship begins to develop. This is where your similarities and your likes start to develop. You, you communicate with each other. You get to know each other. You start to find out that you have some things in common that you like. Once you become friends, then you move into a third step, which is kind of the, this is kind of the pivotal stage of the relationship development, and it's the dating stage. Now, in this stage, you become best friends. I, I call it the best friend stage. This is where you start developing your friendship beyond just casual acquaintance. 
you start to become best friends. Now let me say this. A lot of times young people get messed up here because they think that dating means marriage. They put a ring on their finger, and then they start to put all these restrictions on each other that God only meant to be put on someone in the bonds of marriage. Like, don't talk to the opposite sex. Don't do anything with the opposite sex. You can't be nice to the opposite sex. And and this is where problems start in relationships. God never intended for those kinds of commitments to be made in just a dating best friend relationship. But you have to have this if you're going to develop properly to have a successful marriage. Then number four, engagement. Now, basically what the engagement is, this is where you start to practice some of those restrictions. You don't do a lot of things with the opposite sex. You you begin to commit yourself to that one person. Now, here's why. You're trying to find out, can we handle the commitment of marriage? Am I ready to limit myself to one person as my best friend for life and to make a commitment to them that I will be able to live out the rest of my life. You see, if during the engagement period you find that I'm just not ready to limit myself to one person, as a guy to one girl or as a girl to one guy. I, I still kind of like to hang out with and, and, and kind of play the field or survey a little bit. You know, I, I like kind of... That, that, that opportunity to maybe um, be with another guy or girl. If that's the case, if you're struggling with that during an engagement period, now's the time to break that engagement. And here's, here's the key. You can break off an engagement, no harm, no foul. Once you get married and you figure this out, then you're in big trouble. Because now you've got to make a huge commitment legally, but more importantly to God, which will have lifelong consequences. Then once you decide that I can be fully committed to this person, then you go to the fifth step, and that's marriage. And that's where you spend the rest of your life learning how to love each other. Now let me just quickly say this. Here's where the problem comes. A lot of people meet, they become friends, and they immediately get engaged and hop into marriage, and they've never developed a strong personal friendship or bond. They just, they want to be married, so they, they meet, they spend a little bit of time, they, get, they really don't even know each other. And that's where a lot of the issues come. So, how did your relationship develop? You need to talk about that. Number two, how did your family background compare? I'm just going to mention for you a few things, and these are things you need to discuss together. In Genesis 24, Abraham wanted his servant to go back to their people. Why? Because their traditions and their customs and their culture was similar. Let me mention to you some cultural and traditional differences that can really cause some problems if you don't discuss those and settle those between the two of you right now. Number one, your your family traditions, how you celebrate the holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthdays, Halloween. You need to talk about every one of these, especially Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthdays, uh, family vacations. These are memorable events in the life of each of us as human beings growing up that mean a lot to us because they're culture and tradition. And you need to make sure that you discuss these. You will be shocked. How many relationships are strained 
because they celebrate or they have different views on these cultural, traditional things, and they never talk about them before they get married. So let me encourage you to do this and, and talk about it, especially if you both have parents that are living, because you're going to have split time during these holidays, and that, that you don't want that to become World War III. Number, number two, not only the holiday customs, but parenting style. How were you disciplined when you were growing up? Uh, how, how, do you, how were you raised? A lot of times, um, we, we don't have, people may grow up in a, in a home where the parenting style wasn't very good. And so, you, you need to discuss, if you have children, how are you going to train them? And we'll talk more about that in a later session. And then finally, your spiritual background. What type of church did you go to? Um, did your family go to church? Do your friends go to church? Or do you come from a family that is non-religious and they don't go to church? Uh, do you have the majority of your friends who aren't religious? They don't go to church. You need to talk about these spiritual background things because you're going to have to deal with those once you get married. So how did your relationship develop? How do your family backgrounds, the way you grew up, how does that compare? And then finally, how does your spiritual maturity compare? And this may be the most important. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14, the Bible, beginning in verse 14, let me read to you what the Bible says about two people being paired together from the spiritual perspective. Verse 14, 2 Corinthians 6. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial, or Satan? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Well, the obvious answer to that is nothing. And the very first thing you need to discuss if you're going to consider marriage is are both of you born-again believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Now, there's three things that need to be considered. Number one, the length of time that you've been a Christian. Read the passage in 1 Corinthians 3 in your study guide. It talks about carnal Christians or baby Christians. Um, One of you may have been saved a long time. One of you may have just recently been born again. Or you may actually get saved during this series. So you, you need to understand that and be willing to work with each other. Number two, your spiritual growth practices. Hebrews 5, the passage in your study guide, says that the way that we mature spiritually is by reason of use, by practicing our relationship with Christ. Do you have Bible study time? Do you have prayer time? Do you go to church? Are you involved in church? Do you use your spiritual gifts? Do you know what they are? How dedicated are you to your relationship with Christ? These things have to be discussed because you both got to be on the same page about this or you're going to have some major issues in your marriage. And then finally, 2 Peter 1 talks about character development. How do you develop your character? Are you a person of character? So let me challenge you to talk about these three areas, read the passages of Scripture, go through the personal application session, and talk about these things. This particular session is critical in whether or not you're going to be able to handle the challenges of marriage as a couple who becomes one.
So God bless you as you continue to talk and discuss this together. And as always, if you have questions, don't hesitate to send me an email uh, at bill at billcrockett.com, and I'll be glad to answer any questions that I have. God bless you. Until next time.